Hey everybody, this is Luke. And I'm Kurt. And welcome back to The Breakdown. We hope... We hope everyone had a wonderful yeah. uh, Thanksgiving. Turkey Day. Yes. Hey, were they announcing winners on Sunday of uh, people who had like fast times? Was Pastor Will doing that on the Fast Five? He did. Something like that. I don't I don't remember. No, I don't know anything. So- <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I think I heard numbers and I yeah. was making a connection as I was walking mm-hmm. and those must have been like people who ran really fast. Yes. Did you run really fast? I, I ran very fast for me. <laughs> So <laughs> it wasn't a turkey trot. It was a, it was, it was a good a good trot. Oh, it was a fun. Good, it was good. fun. I was awesome. really impressed with uh, uh, Chris and Jesse Eckholm. Oh. They definitely win for fastest couple. Oh wow! If that was a category, they get they that. win Hand, hands down. But I can hands see down. that. I can see that they look like yeah. fast and marathon type oh, yes. runners. So, wow. Well, I did not do that. I was doing a whole lot of eating. So I know that. Hey, you know, you gotta gotta pick a couple of days a year to get it in there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your favorite side dish? Oh, you don't even want to know. I, I favorites are so challenging to me because I just have so many. But I would say this: my mom makes this French meat stuffing, nails it every time. That with the gravy, it's just I, I, gravy alone could be its own category. Yes, bread and gravy. Yes. If I had to survive so on something, good. bread and gravy. Yeah. Stuffing, stuffing is my favorite as well. Is it really? Yeah. Are I, you a cranberry sauce guy? No, not what? really. No, it's it's a little too tardy for me. Oh man. Yeah. The stuffing, I just love. You know the the texture. Yeah. The um, you know, my dad puts celery in ours. It's really good. Oh, so. it's so good. My wife has been doing for the past several years these homemade cranberry sauces with, I mean, real cranberries, and then they mm. pop and you put them all together. It's great. That I have tried, and I do like. It's that. very I good. Like, I like fresh. Fresh cranberry sauce is good, but I'll take tart any day of the week. I love tart. <laughs> I love sour. It's a good win for me. Yeah. Did you enjoy yourself? Did you have a great week? I did. It was really, really nice. Good. The weather was wonderful. Oh, I know. Spent time with a lot of uh, a lot of good friends, good. family. It was awesome. Good. You know, it's like we it, the moment the uh, the Thanksgiving Day parade ends, or the moment that people are done. Uh, I know, Dude Perfect. They have this thing, uh, Thanksgiving stereotypes, and it's like the moment the last person finished the last piece of pie. It's Christmas. It's yes. decorated for Christmas. Yes. And it's like, oh my goodness, here we are. It's boom, right in I'm, your face. I mean, I have a confession. I've been listening to Christmas music. Since before Halloween. Well, I'm, I'm with so. you, too. Now, now somebody harassed me last week for that. Can I just tell you? They said I had problems. because <laughs> I. Because, so why do you listen early? Can you tell me? Oh, uh, well, actually, this year for me, it was as Halloween was approaching. Yeah. I, we, we talked about this. It just seemed like the decorations were even darker yes. than they've been in years past. Yeah. And I, I was like, you know what? Jesus is coming. Yeah. This is, uh, Christmas is, is the most wonderful time of this end of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start bringing that in. And I, I like listening to orchestral Christmas music. Oh, that's great. So I uh, pulled in a lot of that. Oh, that's so great, man. That's awesome. Yeah, Ken, in the midst of that darkness, I think it's really important. Yeah. I, I thought it was funny that, uh, you know, my buddy was telling me, he said, what is wrong in your life that you need to be putting on Christmas music this early? I'm like, nothing's wrong. I just love, hey, are we anticipating Christ's coming as a whole? Right. We're, we're looking forward right. to that. Right. Christmas reminds us he's coming back. Right, and that he's been born in our in, in our hearts. Yeah. I mean, not to be not to be cheesy, but that that's the truth. It's, there's nothing, uh, that's the thing. There's nothing Christianese or cheesy about you know Mm -hmm. i constantly come back to we are born again we are born from above from Mm -hmm. the spirit of god there's nothing cheesy about jesus used that phrase first he did he did read your bible john 3 talking to nicodemus it's right there 
Mm-hmm. So if you think we're weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blame the Messiah. Yes. So now that's what happened. Here's what's coming up. Obviously, Christmas is on the way, and with it comes Nostalgic Christmas. Mm-hmm. We've got Bags of Hope underway. In fact, right now, people are just adjacent to this building, this area. Oh, yeah. And they're packing. It is underway. That's, a, that's an understatement. It is an understatement. <laughs> It's like around the clock here. Yep. And uh, what did we hear? It's been a couple of weeks since she shared that quote, but Kim went from like 3,000 to 30,000, mm. 33,000 bags. Amazing. Amazing. Mm. And obviously every bag is a child, and that's yes. the most important story. Yes. So again, uh, Bags of Hope, Nostalgic Christmas is on the way. We're about a week away from that. We encourage you to get online, get all the details. We'd love to see you here. I just want to clarify something, Luke, something that's been coming up about Nostalgic Christmas and maybe the purpose behind it. You know, if we're looking at Nostalgic Christmas as an opportunity for us to come take a picture with Santa Claus, maybe we've missed it. Right. The purpose of the Nostalgic Christmas is to have an outreach event where the doors of the church mm-hmm. are open mm-hmm. with something that people in our culture understand. Yes. And they can say, wow, like these people aren't that weird or wow, like people are so loving and encouraging. Mm -hmm. Last year, we had so many people grace the doors of this former Swansea Mall and be encountering Jesus right there. Right. Why miss an opportunity, you know? Well, because a lot of people, they don't, the, they're afraid to even step into a church or the, the thought of going into um, a place of worship that has a lot of baggage, depending on what their experience was in the past. Especially if you've grown up in a more traditional religious yeah. setting, it can, which is, it can feel rather dead. And or maybe you've you're thinking, oh, these those people are super charismatic. They do crazy worship. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I could never go there. Yeah. But when you have an event like this. Um, it, we're opening up to the community. We're trying to form relationships with people. And that's what that's what we are called to do. That's it. We're called to do that. And we do own what used to be uh, the Swansea Mall. Come on. And those decorations were left behind. In so, the exact space. Yes. We so own the space. It's fun. It's it's a really fun, <laughs> it's a fun use of, of what we have. Um, and just, you know, staying in touch with our community because we're yeah. not called to just set up shop and just keep it to ourselves. No, we're really not. We're called to open the doors and bring people in. You know, one of the things I loved about Billy Graham that I heard him talk about in the latter part of his life after he had really kind of retired and Franklin took over, um, they came to him in the early days and they were talking about using media like, you know, television mm-hmm. in the early days and, and the audio and the, and the radio. And what I loved about Billy was that he just wasn't afraid. He didn't care how the television had been used improperly and it was like not a good thing for the family. He said, I want to use any form of media to regain the airwaves and to, you know, get the gospel out there. Why are we so afraid to use forms and methods? You know, Paul says, I've become all things to all men. And yeah, I understand people take that out of context, but read it. Yep. That that some might be saved or that all might be saved. There's an opportunity. There's an outlet. But I do think if we look inward and say, oh, we're just going to be a church getting together to, to have Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what it's about. You missed the point. No, and it's it's so it's so much more than that. Because, it is. Uh, I believe it costs $15 per family, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. That's great. I, I, I could I be wrong. Just fact, <laughs> fact check me on that. Just check it out. Uh, but I believe it is $15 per family. The money goes towards Bags of Hope. I love so it. So it's, it's a Bags Multiple. of Hope fundraiser. Yep. People will ask, what is this for? Yeah. And then we get that opens an opportunity, a door of opportunity for us to explain our heart to reach uh, children in foster care and how that is such a, it's part of the heartbeat of our church, which is part of the heartbeat of God. Correct. And, yeah. you know, we talked 
few weeks ago. I know. What is true, true and perfect religion? religion. Yep. It's, it's looking after orphans and widows in their in their distress yep. and keeping oneself uh, spotless from the world. Correct. And we are showing people this is what serving God looks like. This is what Jesus has called us to do. Mm-hmm. And then that, again— it's all to get them into a relationship with Jesus. That's it. Not into a relationship with us. No. Not even into a relationship with our church. No. Nope. It's so that they can come into a relationship, a covenant with Jesus. And I just want you to know from the leadership outward, that is exactly what we hear. We just heard it this morning, Luke, from our top leaders, if you want to call them, whatever it is, however you want to view it, mm. from the leadership outward, that is what we continue to hear. It is not about somebody encountering you and seeing how great you no, are as not. a leader. It's, it's about not. you setting up an opportunity for them mm-hmm. to encounter Jesus, right. which is what disciples do. Amen. So so we go from there. We obviously have Vantage Point Sunday coming up. This is really cool. I got some questions last week, at least one, about the fivefold. So Mm -hmm. again, we want to take any opportunity. Pastor Zach will talk about the fivefold. And again, you mentioned last week so eloquently, not a phraseology that we find in our scripture. No. But something that we have deduced, that Jesus, when he ascended on high, Ephesians 4, he led captivity captive Mm -hmm. and gave gifts to men, among which were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. So there's five. Right. And we look at those and we say, okay, so these are the giftings that function within the church and the body. What are they for? Mm -hmm. In the past, we have elevated these roles, right? Oh, these are the men of God. These, we listen to them. Yeah, okay. But that's not the point. The point is that it's for the equipping of the saints yes. for the work of the ministry. For the work of ministry. Amen. Amen. So yeah. we're going to have this Vantage Point Sunday. You'll hear more about, obviously, the um, Share Financial coming in, talking about the bonds and everything that we're going to be doing to funding this mission here at the mall. And, of course, Vantage Point of what it looks like from these five areas of ministry. Mm-hmm. So that'll Amen. be coming up. So as we were told on Sunday from Ashley, you better be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving into this past Sunday, Genesis 20, uh, hearing about Abraham. And I I do want to say, I really find it fascinating. I sat through these two services, and I'm like, what a gift, you know, that Pastor Zach has to be able to weave the gospel message through nearly— I mean, he just—the way he sees, I think, is phenomenal. Mm. That really is a gift to see. Like, I was just blown away by the correlations and the revelation that he was getting from the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, amen. And I really encourage— everyone to re-listen to this week's message. Yeah. Uh, this one had a lot a lot of nuance, um, and I found that the more I listened to it, the more I was um, taking away. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, there was a reason we have podcasts, and there's a reason that we go back and re-listen to messages years ago. We had tapes and CDs and MP3s, mm-hmm. and there's a reason. You know, and great preachers have said before, I've eaten a T-bone steak before. Guess what? I'm going to eat one again. Mm -hmm. So it's good to go back and chew on these things and meditate on these things. So Mm -hmm. as you and I were dialoguing before we get on the mic, the the main point of this message, although I think there are several, but the biggest takeaway is what you would call the power of covenant. The power of covenant. Yes. Because so we, it's talking about Abraham Yeah. and Abraham was um, the father of uh, the nation of Israel. Correct. Okay, so he's actually, ca- for those of you who don't know, and I encourage you to go back to Genesis and read that. Actually, mm-hmm. the book of, the book of Genesis is super important. Oh, it really is. Um, so Abraham was, he grew up in a pagan, a pagan land, mm-hmm. but God spoke to him 
And he heard the voice of God and he followed after God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and God calls him and says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Yeah. And Abram has a wife. Um, actually, at that point, his name is Ab- Abram, Abram and his wife's name is Sarai. Yep. And so they they leave and they go where God tells them to go. Mm-hmm. Right? So they have this promise of being the father of many nations. Yes. But what's the problem? She's not getting pregnant. Yeah. They're older. She's right. barren. And it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, as you read the accounts, you get to see how, you know, Sarah's frustrated. She's like, here's Hagar. Take her, take her you know, and all this mess happens. Mm-hmm. So much that we want to get into on, again, understanding. If we were to break this message down, right. the power of covenant, which is the strength of the covenant is the strength, I will say, of the covenant is really God. Right. But we have a role right. to play. Amen. And it really comes down to how Amen. Abraham was declared righteous, and it was by believing yes. God. Right. So these two elements we want to look at in our mm-hmm. dialogue today is the power of the covenant and really our role in that yes. covenant. Yes. And Luke, I would say the bigger takeaway for me is I am kind of I love doing the breakdown, by the way, because it helps us kind of look objectively over Mm -hmm. the year. And we keep rehearsing and I'm thinking, wow, it makes total sense if we start from the King's Academy and the growth and the process and all these different things. And now we come to a place where I actually sat there listening and watching the message and saying, this is very evangelistic. Mm -hmm. This is where God is leading us. And Pastor Zach will say that we haven't had much, in, in many ways that we understand evangelism, we haven't had the biggest evangelistic thrust here Mm. at our church. We have phenomenal outreach. You know what I'm saying? Like bags of hope, et cetera. But we haven't really had that real understanding of evangelism. And there was something so much woven into this message that we'll get to in a moment Mm. that was just so powerfully speaking to me about what it means to be that evangelist. And it was Pastor Zach bringing up that point of making the correlation of Abraham supposed there was no fear of God in this land. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't even bring up Right. You know, hey, this is my wife, and God has us on a mission. Right. Because now you sound crazy. Exa- right, exactly. <laughs> but, and this is this is why I brought up the whole thing of Abraham's call yeah. out of a pagan land. Yes. So God reached into um, Abraham's heart, spoke to him, and then he follows after God, and he has this covenant, this promise of that comes from the, fa- from, from the Father uh, through him. But as we see, and you read through his life, he makes mistakes yeah. where— uh, you know, she's not having children. So then they, she she offers her her slave girl, mm-hmm. and Ishmael is born. Right now, he's not the son of promise. No, he's not. However, because Abraham is blessed by God to be the father of nations, a nation does come sure from does. Ish, Ishmael, yep. but they cause strife they sure with, with the children of Israel throughout history. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and so again, the power of covenant. There are. It, it, it's like there are rules or terms that God has baked into these covenants. Oh, it's so good. And they need to be, but they need to be followed correctly. Dude, it's so good that you said that. I don't even want to cut you off, but it's so good that you said that because when you understand covenant, listen, it's an agreement, a pact, a treaty, or a pledge with vows, mm-hmm. with vows right. and exchanges. Mm-hmm. It's a complete exchange of all assets and all liabilities. And you use such an important word. Terms. Mm -hmm. There are terms to the covenant. Because God has built that power within you, like with Abraham, he still did produce an offspring through Ishmael, but like you said, it wasn't, he wasn't the son of promise. Mm -hmm. 
And it came off to be a burden and a yes. challenge yes. to the children of Israel. Yes. And so this story that we that we heard from on Sunday is one of two instances where <laughs> <laughs> which I that always baffles me. How does it baffle you? It, it, it gives me comfort. <laughs> that there, I, you can does, screw up does. more than once. Yes, yeah. No, no. It do, that that does give me comfort. But it's like <laughs> you've you've tried this before. <laughs> Did it work last time? Right. Um, and I can't remember if this is the first or second. This is time. the second, buddy. This is the second time yeah. um, that Abraham's like, okay, she is my sister. Yeah. Clearly not. Right. Yeah. And why? It's because he had fear mm-hmm. that. God wasn't feared in the land. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, again, what what happened first? Abraham did he's he, you know, he wasn't believing in the power of the covenant. Yeah. He wasn't following after God. He's following into the fear of man. Yeah, it's good. That's good. You know, and I want to go back to the point that we were making just a few moments ago that sometimes we can say, Oh man, when we're talking about the power of the covenant, we can say, Oh, if I mess up, therefore I have lost the power. Mm-hmm. The strength of the power of the covenant lies with God. We see our role is really to believe because yes. Abraham doesn't do anything at the end other than settling, finally giving mm-hmm. up and believing God. Right. Just like we saw last week with Jacob. Mm-hmm. He had to finally settle and accept, it's not going to come by me supplanting. Mm-hmm. It's going to come by me surrendering. Yes. And so God will take as long as it takes in your life to get because mm-hmm. he loves us. Right. This is the part I'm learning more about God. Mm-hmm. It's been fascinating. He works with us. He works with our weakness. He works with our stupidity, mm-hmm. our mistakes, and our intentional missteps. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And then Abraham gets recorded in, in Hebrews, Hebrews as a, a hero of the faith. That's it. Because he believed God. He believed God. And in the end, this is what I, I love that you're bringing up. Hebrews 11, we see it in Galatians, we see it in Romans, that it was accounted to Abraham that he was righteous. And yet we can read all of Genesis mm-hmm. and we can see, God, how is it you're calling this man righteous? Because at the end of the day, he believed that God would do it. Mm-hmm. And this is why I believe that what Jesus said, don't you understand? If you just had the faith of a mustard seed, we can see how many times Abraham misstepped and how many times he right. didn't actually, be, he didn't he wasn't acting like he believed God. He thought there was no fear of God in the land. Right. So he reverts to fear. But God says, I still see faith in there. I mm-hmm. still see belief. Right. And and we have to remember that when God calls us, when yeah. we come into covenant with him, yeah. he understands that we are flawed, yeah. that we are broken. Yep. It's not to excuse that, no. but he understands that. He and we we can stumble, but we can get back up. That's it. And yeah, there are consequences when we stumble. Always. But we can get back up. Yeah. And that's that's why the you know, the heroes chapter in, in Hebrews is so important mm-hmm. because all of those individuals were very flawed. So good. Just like us. But yet they are recorded and we read of them as the great cloud of witnesses yep. that's around us. I know. I know. And failure is not final. No. And we actually, I think, would do better if we remove that concept of failure. You know, and, I, and again, I don't want to just requote the same thing that's been circling in our culture in this science world for several years now about, you know, Edison and the 999 times mm-hmm. that didn't work or failed. No, he just found those many ways that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if we can start looking at it as, oh, I, I, I was afraid. I mean, when Abraham is called right. on the carpet by Abimelech, he actually says, oh, I just, I didn't, I didn't think there was any fear of God. Mm-hmm. He assumed. And I want to bring this up too, yeah. because- you know, this is really critical. 
I think at this point, it's safe to say that Abraham didn't really understand the power of the covenant, because if he really knew the God that he was following and believed in, he probably wouldn't have been afraid that even if there was no fear of God in this land, that God wouldn't protect him and lead him. And I just want to say this. I want to say this to the point of evangelism, because I'm seeing this message, again, very evangelistic, whether anybody is or not. But I think sometimes we're trying to make a case for God, but we're trying to couch it in just the right way, instead of just saying, this is who God is, this is what he told me to do, and so I'm doing it. Can I just tell you before you jump into what you have No, there, no, no, keep going. I was, I was considered so crazy in college because I know that the Lord spoke to me. I went to a very, very wild university, and God just transformed my life at 18. And these people were coming around me, and I was saying, God, show me this, and God told me this. And they're like, what in the world is wrong with you? How, how do you think you could hear from God? Like, right. how do you know? I'm like, I know. I heard his voice. I sensed it, and I started reading his word. And I was realizing he was leading me. Right. But if I was trying to sugarcoat that, and the more time I spend with God now, it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't need to make that sound palatable to the world. No, no, we don't. We don't. And Jesus talks about that. You know, if the world hates me, it's going to hate you. Yeah. Right. But we're called to go out and to proclaim the gospel, to call people into covenant. Yeah. Now. There's a there's a catch there. So there we, is. We are called out to we, to go out and call. Yes. But we have to remember who's really doing the calling. That's it's it. God it and is. it's the Holy Spirit. It so is. God first calls us. Yep. And we we respond. We mm-hmm. go in. We are in covenant with Him. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is inside of us. The Holy Spirit goes with us. So when we go into the land. Yeah. Um, we are not to fear, even if we do see godlessness, because that's what we're gonna see. Oh yeah. Okay. So we're gonna see people not living in the ways of the Lord. They are ungodly. But we have to remember the Holy Spirit is also present, calling, and he calls through us. So when we live out our covenant, when we proclaim our covenant, we're not doing so out of our own power. We're doing it in agreement with the will of God, which is to save. It's so good. And they have the world has to see that in mm-hmm. us to respond because so God good. uses us. Yeah. And how's He going to use us if we aren't obedient? Yeah. And in that sense, when we hold back, yeah, we keep the curse on 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 uh, on the, those of the world. I know we didn't even get to that part of the message yet, but the, the reading down the word in in verse seventeen or eighteen, I believe, where it says that you know when Abraham prayed. Because God had mm-hmm. closed fast the wombs of the women there, that their wombs were actually open, and He closed fast their wombs because of Sarah. Because of Sarah, and so I do think this is where I was very much like, "Wow, God, you have put us on this earth, in this place, wherever we are, our sphere of influence, our scope of authority, however you want to say it and look at it. We all have a place, mm-hmm. be it small or big, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so, God, you've called me here to this place." And if, if I don't do what you've called me to do, yeah, you probably will raise somebody else up to do it. But you've put me here for this harvest. you put me here for these people. Right. Why do I want to see them remain in this darkness mm-hmm. under this curse when I have the light of life inside of me? Right. Right. And again, it comes back to the power of the covenant but our role. Amen. And part of our role, Luke, is what we is what Pastor Zach so amazingly hit. I loved it. We tend to think if God said it, he'll do it, right? He said it. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Absolutely. But who does he choose to do it through? 
Mm. His people. It's us. It's yeah. us. So we can clearly see here, I thought this was a phenomenal mic drop point, that God said, Abraham, through you all the descendants of the earth shall be blessed. Through you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. But that means that Abraham had to keep his covenant with his wife yes. to produce yes. that blessing. Yes. Amen. Amen. He couldn't do it, even though God said he was going to do it. It would not have happened if Abraham had rejected that place with his wife. And I think our role is first to believe, right? Mm-hmm. But then to actively pursue the thing that the Lord has put in front of us. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that was that was really um, heavy for me yeah. about how important the covenant Abraham with his wife was. Yeah. Uh, they had to walk that out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, you know, especially in our day and age where marriage is constantly being redefined, um, and I've talked to uh, many people, even even some within within churches, where they're like, well, it's okay, you know, I'm okay with the idea that um, even even if they don't even if they don't believe in it, they're okay with the idea that uh, a man could marry a man or a woman could marry a woman by the world standards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but you don't understand. Where do we get the idea of marriage. That's right. The, the, the institution of marriage was instituted by God. Mm-hmm. And there is power in those vows, in that commitment. Yeah. But we, we, don't, we don't live that out because of the way our, our cultural landscape um, is now. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, it's a contract. Yeah. It's not a contract. No. There's a different C word. There is. It's a covenant. covenant. Yes. It's and deeper. There, right. And there is there are spiritual roles and terms and conditions that are baked into that into that cake. Yeah. Whether you believe in it or not. Oh yeah. Absolutely. One thing about covenant that predates even our our understanding of American or Western marriage covenant, just think about it. The way that and I don't want to be rude or crass or vulgar, but most covenants are sealed in blood, mm-hmm. and the marriage covenant is the like. It is typically sealed in blood, and it's just you know mm-hmm. simple understanding. We don't need to get into it, but it, it, it's so important to realize that mm-hmm. that is part of like if you're entering into a contract, like you know blood brothers or whatever. There, that's a covenant. That's yes. deeper. Yes, that's deeper. And the mm-hmm. same holds true with marriage. I have to say, as a husband sitting there. I was really thinking through, and I, I'm always bringing everything right back because we've been really on this thing about order here. And so I'm always right. bringing everything right back to, well, you know, am I really looking at this covenant this way that God is fulfilling his promise even through my marriage covenant? I know this is specific mm-hmm. to Abraham and Sarah, but am I allowing Christ to be birthed in my marriage? Am I right. am I staying faithful right. in my marriage covenant, in my vows? Not just on the big areas. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. No, but what about in the little areas? Right. What about not harboring unforgiveness and offense towards your spouse? What mm-hmm. about not walling up? All these different things in these areas. Yes. Yes. No, and then even for those of us who are not married, yep. um, and, and for the married ones as well, we are in a, a, a family. Our, our church is a family. That's it. And if, we, if we're choosing to attend... At our church, or and or any other Christian that I that I meet throughout my life, we are brothers and sisters. That's it, and that denotes a family. Yeah, and a family can only exist because of a covenant. That's it. That's it. And one more note on this area uh, in regards to Abraham needing to be intimate with Sarah to to produce the fulfillment of the promise is 
I just love this line here. What God promises us can only be birthed through intimacy with him. Right. So I can get really off. If I see that God has called me to do something, I can see a gifting in the area of my life, and I begin to go and pursue that on my own, then I'm going to have good fruit. Like we see Ishmael, I'm going to produce something because I've been gifted to do that. And the gift and the call of God is without repentance. Mm -hmm. God's not going to take that away. He's deposited that in me. However, to truly fulfill that promise of covenant, I need to be intimate with Christ and submit to whatever training and development he is leading me into. Right, right. And that's that's where I think the key, where it starts, even before we walk it out, is we have to have that intimacy one-on-one with us and Jesus. That's it. Not us through another person. No. And and, and Zach really, I love what he brought up at the end where, um, you know, it's not about you having to get prayed over by a certain person. It's not that, you know, just because someone has the gift of healing, it's not them. No, it's, it's not. It's always God. It's always. It's always God, and God chooses to work through that person through healing, mm-hmm. right? But it's at the end of the day, it, it's it's God. Yeah. So it starts with us and Jesus, us getting into that intimate place. And if we don't do that, if we don't, if we don't walk in that intimacy, then what what ends up happening is we do we can fall into like okay, Jesus is just part of my life. I know. And we brought this up last week. It's yep. like, is he just a, a good luck charm? Is he just you know the little baby Jesus that mm. I carry with me? No, Jesus desires to mature, mm-hmm. and you we mature with him through that intimacy. But if not, that's how um, you know. Like I, I was wondering how, if you could shed some light on this. You know, Pastor Zach brought up about you know praying soulish, selfish, flesh covered prayers. Like, and, and I feel like that ties in with intimacy. Yeah, it does. I also want to say to that point before we get into the soulish, selfish prayers and the witchcraft, etc. I want to get into that point about the girls, lots girls going back to the mm, father. Okay, what a powerful point. Yeah, B- B- oh, you yeah. know, don't look at the the crudeness of that mm-hmm. situation. Kind of look at the point that Pastor. Zach was bringing yep. out, and that's this. We are trying to get to God, and the world is often trying to get to God through any other means other than Christ. Yes. Which yes. is why you can talk to, to the world mm-hmm. about God. Oh, me and God are good. That's what Pastor Zach was right. saying. But you start bringing up Jesus. Now you're creating now a defining an line. Issue. Now yeah. there's an issue. Yeah. Don't all world religions lead to God? Mm-hmm. Don't we all get there? You believe in Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna? Mm-hmm. Hey, it's just a different way. No, no it is not. It's not. This is that intimacy right. with Christ. Amen. Jesus Amen. is the defining Amen. line, and don't be afraid of that. God mm-hmm. set it up that way. God set it up. I once heard a great preacher and teacher say this. You know, oh, to be a Christian is very narrow-minded. No, to be narrow-minded was to say that there's only one way and only some can come through. Mm. But Jesus says, all who come to me, I will by no means cast out. So everybody can come, but they got to come through Jesus. Through Jesus, yes. That God designed it yes. that way. Yes. We don't have to have any mm-hmm. issue with that, okay? Mm-hmm. Jesus is the defining line. Right. We just keep preaching Jesus, which means we have to have intimacy with Jesus, which brings us back to this point that you were raising about witchcraft, or really what you were asking me was in regards to these selfish, soulless prayers. Because it's 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 thrown around it a is. lot. It is. And I, I think, you know, if I had not gone through my own deliverance experience with Pastor John and the ministry uh, and, and, and done some of the study with Joanna Adams, I probably would not have fully understood. So breaking it down like this, a soulish, selfish prayer. Yeah. I believe that whenever we go to do anything with the Lord on his behalf, we need to first seek his will on the matter. 
Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this situation? If I just come out a situation because I think I have the textbook response, or I haven't. I want a certain I response. I want a certain response. I haven't leaned into the Holy Spirit. You see this modeled when Jesus says, "Not my will, but yours be done." I think we could just stop right there for a moment. Jesus did not desire to go to the cross. He did not desire to the, to suffer the way that he did. The scripture said that it pleased the father to crush his son because God knew what he was gaining. But the son did not desire in that moment to go to the cross. Because he has a human body just like we do, which wants to live and survive. That's it. It's in the flesh. It's in the flesh. So what what I would look at as that selfish, soulless prayer is take a step back and say, before I approach any situation, am I really seeking God's will on this matter or am I seeking my own selfish desire? That would be the simplest way to understand is like, hey, I want this. Well, why do I want that? Hey, I want, look at Sunday, if you were here second service, I want the prodigal to return. But Pastor Zach in the past year and, and our whole team in the past two years has really hammered home. Why? Why Why do you want that prodigal to return? What, what Do you want that prodigal return to Jesus for them? Or do you need to have that relationship back? Is there something that you need fulfilled? Because that is that area where that can easily slip yeah. into a selfish, soulish prayer. And that's just yeah. one area. I want something, and it can be a good thing. Yes. It can be okay. a good thing. Okay. But good. it may be going about it the wrong way, or maybe just asking God. This is what you were bringing up off mic. Go ahead and share it. The James, the James passage. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, where do wars and strife come from? Right. They come from your selfish desires yes. that, that wage among you. <laughs> and then James brings up, you know, you... You ask, yep. like you pray, yep. but you don't get answers because you're asking with the wrong motives. Motives, yeah. You wanna you wanna spend it on yourselves. Yeah. You wanna you wanna build yourselves up. It's 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 that selfishness. Yeah. So it's any anywhere that you see, like whether you're praying for the prodigal or whether you're praying for your marriage. Hey, praying for the prodigal to go to prodigal to come home, praying for your marriage to be restored, none of those are bad. But if there is that selfish, soulish ambition attached to that prayer, that's the part that needs to be checked. Mm. And I wouldn't say it if I hadn't experienced right. it and lived it myself. Mm. I've had to walk through that in every single area and still walk through that in every area of my life. And now my simple practice, because I said a lot, but my simple practice to be get quiet and say, okay, Holy Spirit, this is what we teach as a yielded posture. Yes. What are you yeah. saying on the matter? Yeah. Before I begin to throw scripture at something, before I begin to pray because this is my routine and this is how I know how to do it, what are you saying on the matter? And then there may be a word from the, the, the word of God that comes, or there may be a word from heaven right. that I can pray into. Mm-hmm. But if I just jump because it's my routine, it's my practice, it's my what I've done, there could be elements of soul and self in that. Right, right. And I, I'm thinking of what Paul says in Philippians, make your requests known to God. Yes. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard That's it. your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So it's... God's peace is promised to me, um, regardless of the outcome of the situation. Yeah. Um, but I make my request to Him, and yep. I give it up to Him. I surrender it to Him. Absolutely. I don't think we have to get like I'm going to use this loosely. I don't think we have to go on a witch hunt. No pun intended. Go on a witch hunt and look for selfish, soulish prayers and really curtail our speech. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be open with the Lord. Again, don't be afraid. Second Corinthians, Paul says, I sought the Lord three times. Take this from mm-hmm. me. And the Lord's response was, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made right. perfect. 
So here Paul could have been, we could be saying, well, Paul is praying this selfish prayer. God, I can't take this anymore. Take this from me. Take, take this from me. Yeah. And yet the Lord says, hey, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect. And, 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 and that's the key is I think it's he heard from the Lord. That's it. The Lord says, yep. you know, in his spirit, my grace is sufficient. Yep. Right? Yep. I think part of selfish or, or flesh prayers is we're focused on ourselves, yeah. and we also want the answer to come from a person, yeah. right? When really what we need is a word from from the living word, Jesus. Yep. Because when we get that word, then we can move forward. Or right. we actually, or we don't want the right answer. We're really selfish and soulish in our prayer, and we don't want God's heart on the matter. We just want what we want. Mm. And that's a place that needs to be checked. So, right. hey, man. It's hard to believe. We are already winding. We're like past the time. I know you probably don't believe it, but there's so much. Yeah, there is. In Sunday's message, any there any is. final remarks you feel like we should leave or homework or? Well, I mean, I definitely just to continue on what, we're, what we were saying, it's that place of intimacy. Yeah. Because going back to the idea of prayers, Jesus promises, you know, prayers are answered, but it comes from a, pra- a place of intimacy. That's it. In um, John 15... I'm going to read from verse 5. Jesus says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Mm. So when we are in intimacy, abiding yeah, that's it. with Jesus, and, and going to that place of intimacy that we have through our covenant with him, yeah. then it's the Holy Spirit is, is syncs up with our mind. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind, and then our words and our thoughts are his. That's it. So we're praying in concert with the Holy Spirit. So we know how to pray. So good. That's so good. And it goes right along the lines. And that, that's part of what we even teach uh, that's really good because it goes right in line with God is only going to respond to and answer prayers that are according to his will. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, how do I know I'm praying his will? you got to be intimate with right. Christ because then right. you'll know his will. Mm-hmm. And John writes, and this is the confidence we have when we ask anything according to his will, we know that we have received from him what we've asked. Yes. And how do you get to that place of confidence? You have intimacy with Christ. Right. And that's really, it's its just so mm-hmm. simple, but it's so easily missed. Right. And that's something I can't do for you. No. And you can't no way. do that for me. No. We can, we can teach each other. We can yep. coach each other. We can walk each other through. But at the end of the day, that's going to be you and Jesus. Yep. That's it. That's and it. And me and Jesus. That's a whole separate thing. And I think that that's the power of our covenant is God desires a relationship directly with each of us. So good. And that's why, um, you know, another thing that Zach brought up at the end that I just want to clarify because he was saying, you know, Jesus can show up in a Buddhist meeting or, a, you know, in the dreams of a, of a Hindu or a Muslim. Jesus does that for those who are truly seeking him. Mm-hmm. If you are truly seeking the truth yep. God, and, and not just practicing religion, God will reveal himself to he you. He sure will. And, he will. and that's that's the, you know, people often ask, like, well, how do people who don't hear the gospel get saved? Well, if someone is truly seeking the truth, God, who is the truth, will find a way to reach that person. He sure will. 
He's done it all throughout history. <laughs> he's done it. He's proven it before the covenant of Christ, and he's proved it after the covenant of Christ with Cornelius and others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just there. It's there. Those true seekers, those true believers. One more point that I would offer up here as we go way past the time, but it's okay. It's been so good. I would say this. Um, don't neglect and negate the power of your regular, well, I'm going to say loosely, devotion with the Lord, your connection. You know, every time I pray with people, I will I would typically tease out and ask them, tell me, tell me about your time with the Lord. Are you spending regular time with the Lord? I don't want to put the qualifiers on it. It's got to be in the morning, it's got to be at this time. Mm-hmm. But you know your peak time. Are you taking time at the beginning of your day or at the end of the night or both and seeking the Lord, getting into his word, letting his word speak to you by the Holy Spirit who's mm-hmm. been given to you as the helper and the comforter? And are you surrendering yourself? in that yielded posture on a regular basis, because that's really all it takes for intimacy with Christ. The two staples that never change in the believer's life, Bible reading and prayer. They never change. No matter how old and mature you get in Christ, those two staples never leave your life. And so how important it is to come back to that place. If you feel like you're off, if you feel like you're amiss, if you don't know how to ask according to his will and get intimate with Christ, what does that ever mean? I would say this, just start in that secret place. Yeah. Set an alarm, get up early enough so you can actually have the time, go to bed a little bit later so you can have the time. Yeah, and I've heard Pastor Will talk about how you should pray before you read too. Oh, wow, that's good. You know, aligning ourselves because it's not just reading a book. That's it. That's it. I always say we teach in the class too, ask the Holy Spirit because he's been given as the teacher and the helper and the comforter. Reveal the truth to me. Yes. You were yep. there when That's it was the written. Yep. Reveal the truth Amen. to me. That's it. Just Amen. invite the Holy Spirit in. So we've got to go. We're out of time. Would you pray us out, Absolutely. as we like to say? Father, thank you for uh, who you are yes. and, and how you all you want is to be in a relationship with us. And you love us and you call us even with our mistakes, even with our flaws. Um, but you just truly desire us. And so we just uh, come to you knowing that we need you, and we pray that as we encounter others in this world, uh, that we would walk out our covenant with you and not uh, be turned off by the fear or the the lack of uh, uh, godliness that that we see in the world, that we would just walk out as your ambassadors, knowing that you are at work in our hearts and you are at work drawing people in the world to you. And we just pray that we would be obedient so we can be part of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, folks, I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. And that's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week. Break.